How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me, as always, is my good friend Frank Madden. And, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, Bucks lose 110 to 98 to the Denver Nuggets. They were down by as much as 31 in the third quarter. Um, they came roaring back. Made it a game. No, they didn't make it a game. The closest they got was 12 in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know, Frank. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I hear the word playoffs, I'm going to probably start chuckling uh, until until further notice. Um, I mean, it's kind of amazing, even though it wasn't obviously against the best of competition but it's amazing this team actually strung together three straight wins going into the all-star break in a lot of ways right i mean this this has kind of looked like the team the last few games here since the all-star break like the one that lost what was it 12 out of 13 or however many games it was um you know they just kind of i mean i don't know i mean saying can we say they look like they've kind of thrown in the towel on, on Jason Kidd and, and company? Like, I, I don't really see much belief uh, from this team that, you know, when they come out on a uh, on a nightly basis that they're going to, you know, I don't know. I, I just yeah, don't really see I, it from this I don't, team. I don't think that's going too far. Um, but yeah. I, don't, I, don't I mean, know. I mean, you could, like we were looking at the other day, um, you know, the, like the first half, second half splits. I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable how horribly the bucks have played in the first half of games i mean they just they're just not ready to basketball most nights i mean they they need to start the games an hour later or something i I don't know like they they just get they've gotten blown out in the first halves of so many games and then they you know their their second half stats always look pretty good because by then teams you know are up 20 25 points as we saw tonight and they kind of take the foot off the gas a bit but um you know, I mean, I don't know what you can say. What were they down thirty-one in this game? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, you know, we we've kind of passed the whole like, oh, the Bucks scheme sucks. The Bucks, this team doesn't. I mean, you could doesn't matter. I mean, if you if you kind of just look as lost as they do, I mean, we're we're way past that, and obviously that's reflect on coaching as well, right? I mean, because if you're if you lose a team, then it doesn't really matter what strategy you have because uh, you've lost the team, and, and and I don't know. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's it doesn't really matter what comments are out there. Although, you know, like why Jason John Henson's playing? How many minutes did John Henson get tonight? Eighteen. Yep. Von Maker plays starts and plays seven minutes. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what's. It's like a weird combination of trying to get young guys minutes and then just kidding. We're not. (laughs) 
So it, it seems like there's a, a strange mix of message sending to go along with, hey, we need to get these young guys a chance. Like, what, what was the point tonight of, all right, Rashad, you get the first five minutes. Oh, I, I didn't play you the rest of the game? Okay. Thon, you, you get you get seven minutes tonight. Well, didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know. It's that they're in an ugly, ugly spot right now. They are in a, it's just, there's not other words for it. It's ugly. It's awful. It's terrible. Um, that they, like you said, it looks like the towel has been thrown in. No one seems very interested in playing very hard. That includes number 34. Um, a bad night again by his standards. Uh, 15 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three blocks, and six turnovers. And even in kind of thinking like, oh, uh, the second half they came back and it wasn't Giannis. Like, it wasn't Giannis that was doing it. And, like, he came out and I think had three or four turnovers in the first four minutes of of the second half. And then the Bucks kind of came back with Middleton doing some things. And uh, I guess Middleton had a solid night, 21-5-5 with two steals, 7-12 um, shooting, 3-of-3 three three from three. Yeah, he actually took some three pointers. How yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was uh, he was solid. I maybe Brogdon was solid at seventeen points, three assists, three steals, two rebounds, um, but seven of sixteen shooting. <laughs> and you know who was good tonight? Our, our good friend that no Nikola Nikola Jokic is that who you're gonna say? No, no, I, I was not gonna go there. Delvadova, uh, seven of oh, nine yeah. shooting, one of two from three. 15 points, four assists, and a steal. Um, and maybe you could add Greg Monroe, 11 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Um, maybe you could throw him in the good basket, but that's that's about it. And all those are reaches. <laughs> um, I, I am reaching on saying those guys had, had good nights. And I don't know. It, it's it's to the point, like you said, where it seems like they've they've kind of quit on their head coach. It seems like... They're not all that interested in playing hard anymore. Um, and if that's the case, well, it was a fun season while it lasted. Never forget 2018, Eric. It was uh, the first 38 games were magical. They were. In, in their own sort of modest way. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just, you know, we, we really haven't seen, you know, kind of we, we were kind of wondering the other day, well, they, they haven't allowed as many threes of late. Like, is there something happening? And. You know, kind of you watch them, you know, I think it just seems like, you know, again, um, maybe some random games against teams that didn't like to shoot threes as much. Um, you know, tonight they got shredded pretty well by a team that, that, again, they can put a lot of points on the board. But I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's just the, the you know, the big picture of you come out at home, you've been super underwhelming at home. And in spite of that, you still have this, you know, you still have a chance to make a playoff run and you come out and you go down 17 after one quarter and then you get outscored by nine in the second quarter. You know, I mean, it, it's just sort of like that mindset, right? Like the, the Nuggets, again, like it's one thing to get blown out in the first quarter, but, you know, usually NBA teams sort of like dust themselves off, show a little, you know, backbone at some point. And, you know, I guess the Bucks don't really do that until the third, the not even the early third like mid late third quarter tonight okay um i have a question yeah so we talk about terrible starts we talk about terrible first halves what can Giannis do to make that better because 
I mean, he's starting games. He's playing the first 9 to 12 minutes of most games. Is there something that he's not doing? Is it is it just teams executing to start and taking advantage of the bad schemes? Like he's involved in all of those those bad starts, right? Well, it's interesting. I, I don't think he's had a double-figure scoring first half since the All-Star break. Um, he scored nine in the two first halves um, right in, the, in the, the, the Suns and Jazz games in which he ended up scoring a lot, but mm-hmm. he really did it mostly in the second half. Um, although he's been pretty engaged early on, it seems like it, it, it's just like he, he's actually pretty involved early in some of these games and then but just you know can't really get, get on track. And, you know, even in the Cleveland game, I think he had four or five assists in the first quarter. Um, so even if he doesn't necessarily have his, his, his scoring going, you know, he's been doing some stuff. But then um, it, it just seems like teams have just sort of – I mean, and again, it, it's sort of these things. It's like it just – everything has just seemed really hard, right? Yeah. Um, if, if he's in pick and roll sort of, you know, out up top, I mean, teams just hedge him a little bit and then he loses all momentum. And then, you know, he's not going to pull up for a three. So – He's just very easy to defend when he's far away from the basket. And then you just look at, okay, what do you do from there? And, you know, the Bucks will try to use him as a, a, a screener and a, and a roll man. And, you know, again, it's they've gotten him maybe a couple buckets that way. We saw him get some some passes off, you know, bad Phoenix Suns defense <laughs> off, yep. off some uh, back cuts. Um, but life is just really hard. I mean, he's not getting much in the way of, of transition basket you know transition buckets bucks had two points in transition against the, cleveland the bucks are totally um, neutered in fast break yeah at this point like and, and i i tweeted about it tonight but i i think a lot of it is jabari parker um just because when it was Giannis and jabari you you had you had something um anything could happen with those guys and i guess part of it that really interests me now is on a fast break before it would be oh man, look at Jabari running that wing, running down that lane line. Like he is sprinting, looking to get that basket. And now it's, and I guess when he was doing that, then all of a sudden if Delhi slowed down by the free throw line, he could he could just kind of dump it off and some would be open. Or the same thing with Giannis. If he got to the middle of the floor and all of a sudden looked behind him, there would be Mirza or there there would be Chris Middleton. And now it's, Oh, no one's out in front. So the only things I have are these dump offs, and teams are are all over it. There was that one strange sequence tonight where Delhi tried to force a dump off to Middleton, and there was three Nuggets defenders ready around him. And there, there's just nothing to Bucks fast breaks at this point, just because there's not enough quick threats. There, there's no one out in front of where Giannis would be. It's Giannis running with a bunch of slow dudes. <laughs> Well, that's not the most dangerous fast break. Um, but, yeah, fast break points are gone. Totally gone. Yeah, and, I mean, but but by the same token, right? Like, you know, if okay, so obviously you lose Jabari. Like, you presumably are going to, you know, you're going to lose something offensively. You know, the, the difference, obviously, is you get Middleton back. So there, we've had this weird effect where, you know, you basically have just swapped Middleton for Jabari. Um, but defensively, I mean, you know, if the Bucks. You know, maybe you can blame the, some of the Bucks' struggles defensively on well, you know, when you have Jabari, like you got one guy who's handicapping you whenever he's on the court, just because he's such a poor, you know, awareness guy, such a poor team defender. But the Bucks have stunk for the most part. I mean, they've had like is Wilson Chandler a good shooter, games. Frank? 
Uh, I think he's been decent this year. I mean, he's had a pretty good year, hasn't so, he? So uh, you, you, wanted, going under screens. <laughs> you won't advise going under every yeah. single screen? No? Yeah, I mean, okay. the, the, Bucks, the Bucks giving Emmanuel Moutier uh, open threes is one thing, um, and Moutier even hit some jump shots tonight, which was kind of the way it was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Chandler's a guy who can shoot threes. I mean, this team, you know, the a team like the Nuggets, I mean, they didn't shoot that well tonight, 10 of 33 from deep, but um, especially with Jokic, I mean, uh, they can just split you apart because from where he operates at the high post, you know, I mean, it, it's almost pointless to put John Henson. I mean, wh- that's the funny, funny part of putting John Henson in there against Jokic. It's like, yeah, sure, Jokic can go down in the post and do stuff there too. But, you know, John Henson's not protecting the rim and when he's guarding <laughs> Jokic, throwing the ball to cutters, right? And yeah. he's not going to do much on the other end either because he's just kind of standing screens, standing around giving setting screens. I mean, you know, again, like if if ever, you know, the Bucks completely have gone away from even trying to go small since, you know, again, they have all these big guys and, and whatever. But, um, I mean, at this point, like, you know, you played Toledovic. Again, Toledovic plays fewer than, 20, than 10 minutes in a game in which they don't have Beasley, basically. Um, you know, you would have thought maybe with them down a ton of points that they might have tried to do something weird. You know, I don't know, try to get some floor spacing, somebody who can shoot threes, like, Thon or or Toledovic or somebody, but no, you got to get John Henson in there to, you know, do non-offensive things. John Henson doesn't do offensive things. But that I mean, was again, me not... beating my head on my microphone because you mentioned trying any try. No matter what you would have said, trying X was not tried. <laughs> Literally nothing was tried other than let's see what John Henson's got. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a comeback. Let's see what Monroe's got. I I, I don't know. It, it's just strange that you would think you see you look up on the scoreboard and see you're down by 31 points, 31 points in the second half, and nothing is tried. Lineups remain traditional. Rotations remain traditional. Everything remains pretty much the same. Like what? Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I, I don't. I can't. I have nothing to to to, to come back to that with. Right. I mean, um, it, it, like it's the, the, some of the lineups have been weird in the sense that, you know, again, you throw Vaughn out in the starters. Oh, that's the first um, time those guys have played a second together tonight. The, yeah, the maker, right. Kumbo, Snell, Brogdon, Vaughn combo, first second of basketball they've played together in their lives. Not like, and and I feel comfortable saying that because Maker's a rookie, Brogdon's a rookie. Snell didn't get there for pretty much all of the preseason. So if they didn't play together in the regular season, well, then they haven't played together. So those five guys have never played basketball together on in a real game or even in a fake game in their lives. Like what what could have possibly happened? Like was it going to be stumbling upon something so secretive and wonderful that it was going to totally change your season? Like what could have possibly come from putting those five to five guys together for the first time in their lives, it, it, it kind of it, it kind of feels almost like Jason Kidd is like starting Maker and Vaughn just so he can say like just so you know in in mid April when the season ends he can say well you know I mean we 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 finished with thirty four wins but you know I mean we were playing we were starting Thon Maker and Rashad Vaughn you know two two twenty year old kids right I mean uh. I mean we're you know prioritizing the young. <laughs> it's like it's it's just happening for show or something like that because it's not like they're actually playing i mean 
And Vaughn, I'm, I mean, I, you guys have heard me say I'm I'm very torn on Vaughn because it's like I don't think Vaughn is good. You know, yeah. he he has some moments here and there. Especially, I mean, offensively, he's been bad basically since that <laughs> that, that explosion in no, in early November. Um, I mean, he he's had some some decent spells defensively actually. I think where he's looked kind of competent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's almost like you're playing him just to kind of confirm. Okay, you know, are are we just are we okay with just not picking up his his fourth year player option and again reminder he he is back next year they've already picked up that option or at least he's going to get paid next year if they you know they can always (laughs) trade him or cut him or do something like that but um but it it is kind of weird it's like you know they sort of like keep putting the toe in the water with Vaughn and it's sort of like a oh yeah uh, um but yeah I don't know it's just it's just so strange it's such a mess um and I mean look yeah it's like I mean, it's it's just it's just such a such a bad place for this team right now. Um, but hey, they hit fifty percent of their threes tonight, Eric. Yeah, so, it's not bad. And, and actually, the craziest thing um, they had—I would never have guessed that they would have more assists than the Nuggets tonight. Isn't that a weird stat out of this game? That is crazy. Twenty-six assists versus 21 for the nuggets like how the hell did that happen Jokic but i guess if you just give up assist. easy drives to the rim all the time well yeah there's there's no assist to be had that, there that that would that, that's a lot i think a lot of the frustrations like Giannis can't can't drive past anyone right now can't like get to the basket by by himself at all and literally anybody who puts it on the floor against the box is getting, <laughs> is getting to the hoop especially tonight with oh. with uh with with the Bucs centers being drawn out by Jokic so much, right? And yeah. so if he's not throwing a backdoor pass, um, you know, and uh, you, you just have spacing with Jokic because you can shoot a little bit. He obviously plays from the high post, so even when he doesn't have the ball, um, he just creates so many driving lanes for everybody. It's such a like he's he's the platonic ideal of what you'd imagine Greg Monroe, right? Like that's kind of the thought process. Like, hey, we're gonna run this corner series elbow stuff with Monroe, and he's a good enough threat that you got to actually cover them and you're bringing guys away from the rim and you're bringing their center away from the rim and then you can do all this cutting action off it and he's just not a good enough shooter he's not quite quick enough like he, i i feel like tonight as i was watching i was like oh in in your head you could kind of dream up this scenario where hey greg monroe could do all this like not obviously to the same extent um but that's like the realized platonic version of Greg Monroe, like in the Bucks offense, right? Uh, as you were saying that, all I had was visions of John Henson getting the ball in in the those uh, you know push sets or whatever, which is just you know, of course, the uh, the the exact thing you really don't create value from. Um, Ooh, actually, positives! I got the, you. Go, sorry. Yep. I was going to say, and that's actually one thing that, you know, as we think about, like, um, maybe a new version of the Milwaukee Bucks next season that maybe looks very different, uh, at least from a, uh, <laughs> a strategic standpoint. Um, you know, I, I, if, if uh, we see, let's say, someone installs a different type of offense that doesn't have as much of the um, corner series type stuff, I mean, Thon is valuable because, again, he's not a good passer at all. Like No that you know and so that's bad but he can shoot right so so again a lot of the value of you know why you try to put these big guys who can't shoot or pass out there is because well you hope that they can hand the ball off and if they hand the ball off 
um, you know, again, the other team's big guy isn't going to just stand five feet off of them. They are yeah. going to come out. So, you know, again, it's a kind of way to try to create some like artificial spacing. Um, but you hope obviously maybe with Thon that you can create just legitimate spacing, I guess, um, with that, him being a, a pick and pop guy. That was going to be my positive. Did you, the first, first half three from Thon. First half three. And then 30 seconds later, they ran a pick and pop with him. Like those those two things occurred in the first seven minutes of the game because well, Thon really did it, he he must have got another stint huh, um, a two minute stint so, quarter, I think. yeah, um, but in the first five minutes a Thon three, and a Thon pick and pop, I, like as I was watching my brain was borderline exploding because it was just like whoa I didn't even know they could do that I didn't know that they were aware that Thon can shoot threes in the first half, and like it makes total sense. Um, like you said, like it's not artificial spacing. That is, that is real legitimate spacing that he can provide for you at the five spot. And that is exciting and cool and awesome. Um, I mean, obviously he's still not ready for, I don't even know, 25 minutes a night. Like, I don't think he's, he's there yet. Um, maybe you could get him up. You mean like from a physical standpoint or what do you mean? Physical standpoint and fouling out standpoint. physical standpoint, and then a defensive standpoint. Like he falls too much, and he—I don't know if he's quite there yet defensively. Like you can see all the skills, and you can see that one day he might be able to be a force defensively, but he just falls too much right now, and guys can yeah. just kind of bump him around too much. So, like I don't like, and because of those problems defensively, that's why I say physically. I don't know if he can handle it because he's just gonna get beat on so much with it with his frame. Um, so again, but, but like you said, like that's a that's a real ex- and that's an exciting thing that he can create that space um, just from being himself, from actually having a basketball skill. Correct. Um, speaking of people who can hit three pointers, uh, Chris Middleton, three out of three tonight, uh, which I was encouraged to see, uh, especially because so Chris Middleton is now shooting seven of he's, he's seven of twelve since returning from in seven three. games from three 58% from three um but again it's the classic bucks problem in seven games he's attempted 12 threes it's like chris dude we love you we eric name has written thousands of words (laughs) dreaming of ways in which to get you more three-point shots and it felt like all of the did all of those come in the second half i I mean yeah it's been really frustrating it it seems like you know it's, it's rare you think about guys who suffer major leg injuries and then you always think of them, oh, they're going to come back and they're just going to want to shoot jump shots. They're not going to want to drive and do all that other stuff. Not Chris. Chris almost seems like the opposite. Yeah. It seems like he's trying to put the ball on the floor all the time, that the offense is running through him, and that he's not – like the Bucks have no sense of like, oh, we're going to put Chris over here and then try to run this action, and then that's going to draw the defense and leave Chris open for a three. Like that seems to be not at all on the Bucks' radar, and Chris – does you know we've i mean part of it is also chris like i don't think chris is the kind of guy who is wired to just like jack threes yeah and we've complained about that for years um and he's too good of a three-point shooter not not to do some more not jacking to be that guy threes. yeah um so it, it's an, i think that's an interesting thing to watch and i think especially when you think about a, a bucks offense that you know features a now a fully more fully formed Giannis and chris coming back i mean look we bitch and moan last year about the Bucks running offense in which Middleton's you know pounding the ball and trying to create for other guys when he's got no shooters around him and he's the only shooter and he's the goddamn guy with the ball mm-hmm. um 
you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see sort of if they can do some things um, to try to, you know, again, figure out, okay, whatever it is, whether it's a pick and roll to create a mismatch, get Giannis the ball, put him in the post, do something to kind of create some gravity. Um, we saw Brogdon get a couple of open looks at threes off of kind of sets that sort of began with Giannis. I think it, I think it was in Giannis pick and rolls yeah. um, in the third quarter. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that I think will be interesting to see. And but I think the I feel like the only thing, the only time Giannis like is can be effective running pick and roll right now, just because the way teams play him, is on those elbow gets. Because like yeah. basically it has to be against a center when a center is just going to zone drop. Because if a center comes out, Giannis is just too easy to like bump off and like misdirect into you know basically resetting a play. Basically, yeah. I was going to say with Middleton, I think. I think part of the problem is that he's too talented. Like tonight there was that first that first half sequence where they kept running it was a side action with a back screen for Middleton where the helper would eventually get switched on him and early in the game I think it was Jamal Murray and Middleton 6-8 and if you remember us recording podcasts last year talking last year there was a night against the Clippers where he kept posting up Chris Paul. And after the game, I asked, well, is, is Chris Paul kind of annoying? He's very physical. Like what, like to just have him beating on you. And Chris just like looked at me as like, no, like, I don't feel that he's six one. Like, no. Uh, and I, I just had flashbacks to that tonight when two possessions in a row, he gets Murray on him and he's just like, okay, this is easy. And literally it's two dribbles, turn around over his left shoulder, off the glass, easy. Next time gets it on the other block, gets to the middle of the floor and an easy finish. And those those are very useful plays. Like those are efficient plays that Chris Middleton is going to finish a whole lot of the time if he can get a small on him. But at the same time where you'd maybe run that back screen for Chris Middleton, you'd think, oh, this is our shooter. Let's have him keep going across the bottom of the floor, across the baseline, and then curl off another sh- uh, another screen for a three. Like, that would be the action you'd run for a shooter. But with Chris Middleton, if he gets that switch, well, maybe the post-up is, uh, is a better option. So, I don't know. It It's just going to be a matter of kind of forcing him. Like, he needs a coach that's going to tell him, no, you need to shoot five threes a game or you need to shoot six threes. Whatever that number may be, like, they, he needs a coach that's just going to tell him, no, like this is the number you get and you have to get it. And also that I, it kind of makes me think of, I was reading a Kyle Korver feature the other year and Jim O'Brien literally would stop practices when he would shoot twos. He was just like, no man, you shoot threes. Like don't, there's no pump fake and a dribble in, you are shooting threes. So if it's a pump fake, it's a dribble to the side and it's another three. Like Middleton needs someone in his ear to tell him that's what makes him valuable. Because all these other things are great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, the fact that he can play make and get five assists tonight like he did. And last year he was, what, around four net four assists a game? Like, that playmaking is very helpful. To be a, a second or third playmaker on the floor is helpful. To be able to post up guys, helpful. To be able to beat people off the dribble, helpful. But the most valuable skill he has is to be able to shoot 40% from three. So he, he needs someone to tell him, Chris, this is what you need to do all the time. Yeah, and it's been interesting, right? Because I think we, you know, part of the thesis on Middleton coming back from the injury was, well, it'll be interesting because this is a chance to bring Chris back sort of slowly, 
have him be in that more uh, complimentary role with Giannis and Jabari. And, you know, yeah, Chris Milton will be parked in the corner a fair bit. And, and he can focus on being more of a spot-up guy. Of course, he comes back and literally in the game that he comes back, Jabari blows out his knee. And, you know, who knows when we see Jabari next. So um, so then Chris, of course, has been kind of forced back into much more of a central role right away. And, um, you know, you, you worry he's up to 30 minutes tonight or 31 minutes tonight. You know, you I think you legitimately worry that, oh, geez, you know, are we <laughs> – is it all coming a little too quickly? Um, you know, I think you just knock on wood that you can get him through the season. Um, I think you got to continue to be very cautious. Uh, with are with you are you said. worried about that? That it is too quick because just I, I asked him about because they had him. He was a big part of the comeback, and then it was like six minutes left or so, and I think they got it down to twelve. And then they brought Middleton out because he was at twenty-seven minutes, so that he could close the final three. Like if it was close. And, like, they actually did it. Like, they actually took him out of the game. So I do feel like they are staying around where their minute limit is. Like, I don't I don't think they're going over it. But, again, I, I guess the question is, is it too much? Like, is 30 minutes too much for Chris? Which which is a valid question. I don't I don't really know the answers. Uh, yeah. But I don't know I, if it's a concern I, mean, I have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly, you know, y- all you can do is sort of, like, say, well, you know, leave it to the training staff to kind of figure that kind of thing out. Um, I mean, it's such a weird, it's such a weird injury he had, right? Because yeah. it's one thing, you know, like we we've seen Jeremy Lin miss more games than Middleton basically at this point this year from an injury that was supposed to be far less severe because it just kept reoccurring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Middleton <laughs> tearing the bone, tearing the, the, the hamstring off the bone entirely. I mean, is that almost like, yeah, you know, does that have less likelihood of reoccurrence because <laughs> yeah. it's almost like because it is a surgical repair, right? It's yeah. not like he's just it's just being allowed to try to heal um, naturally. So I, I really don't know. I'm I'm not going to try to guess at that. It's just sort of like you know my paranoia of watching this team <laughs> and the injury histories being that we've a Bucks seen, fan right? in general. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so it's it's obviously difficult to say, but I mean, especially with the way the season is going, I mean, you know, to to see Middleton get hurt going down the stretch in a season where you know they don't seem to be going anywhere right i mean yeah you know the the main thing you're trying to do is is get through the season and then get kind of reloaded for next fall with you know whatever whatever that roster is going to look like and obviously you know Giannis and chris are are the two main pieces and um obviously you know i think a lot of people will be frustrated seeing thon continue to not play much just because Again, it's it's not even so much about right now. Um, it's it's about you know can you get him um, to a place where he's able to kind of make a big step up next season, right? I mean that's that's yeah. the, the the main goal. So um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. You it's, know what, Frank? Uh, we we got to thirty minutes. I wasn't sure if we were going to get there because we were both. I, I don't even know if angry is the word. Um, no, it was too it apathetic? was too like pathetic. Um, it was too pathetic of an effort to really get like almost like worked up about can i make two quick observations i would love for you to make two quick observations <laughs> uh so kareem abdul jabbar was on the uh, uh fs wisconsin broadcast and it kind of worked out because it allowed um the conversation to more or less have nothing to do with the game during the first half when mm-hmm. the game was uh, an utter abomination um but it it's kind of funny like I, I, you don't really hear it anymore because i think people realize that he's just like not wired that way but 
you know, there used to be, you see occasional things like, oh, I can't believe Kareem hasn't been offered a coaching, like a real coaching job or a head coaching job. Yeah. And then it's just like, you listen to him and it's just like, this, has Kareem watched a game of basketball in the last 10 years? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get that he probably doesn't watch a lot of Bucks games, but just like everything he says is literally like, seems like a guy who hasn't played in 30 years. And bear in mind, Kareem's a very smart guy. So it's not yeah. like he lacks the like brain power to like understand something it's just like he just is sort of like in a different world and it was funny he made a comment about when he was working with um he he was technically a coach with the lakers when they won those two their last two finals i guess and he worked with andrew bynum and he actually had a he made some comment about how things like things were going pretty well with andrew bynum and if he just listened to him then he would have had a much better career and it's just like Kareem, you realize that Andrew Bynum's career was derailed by injuries, right? That like basically he didn't play at all because he got hurt. Like, yeah. like were you advising him how to not have a degenerative knee? Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> you sound just like a pretty <laughs> arrogant guy right now. And um, anyways, so that was funny. So needless to say, um, if anybody tells me that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar needs to be more involved in anything related to basketball in Milwaukee, no thanks. I'm good. Um, happy to have him around. <laughs> great smart guy intelligent thoughtful person um but that's fine and also i made a comment about this on twitter and it was not to to i mean nobody's accused me of this but this was not to single out chris middleton i made a comment about chris middleton dribbling the ball out i think the bucks got it back with like 20 seconds left at the end of the game they're down 110 98 and chris middleton just dribbles it across half court and then he just dribbles it out and the game ends this this is not like a unique thing. Like this happens a lot in the NBA. A team is losing, and they don't care enough to you know try to score when the shot clock is off at the end of a game. Mm-hmm. And so again, I'm not picking on Chris Middleton specifically because lo- lots of guys do this, but I freaking hate when guy- when teams do this at home. Like like it annoys me to no end when a team is is losing by any margin, and you just decide you know what screw it like we're just gonna run it out like we don't want to score any more points screw that you're you're a goddamn home game and there's time left on the <laughs> clock i mean what like i i hate that for some reason i hate the fact that people just like quit and it just to me i was like pissed off and again i'm not like targeting chris middleton because a lot of players do this but like in front of your home fans when you just shat the bed in home again Again, because you've done this a lot this year, you have a losing record at home. You've been massively disappointing at home. You just played a crappy game. You kind of had a comeback to make it vaguely respectable. Congratulations. And then it's just so fitting that you don't play to, to the to the 48th, you know, to, to the full 48 minutes. Like, I hate that. Anyway, that's so not a big deal. You'd but have been... but I, I find that annoying. See, with Middleton, I feel like he already had 21. He had a pretty good night. Like for him, he doesn't need that bucket. Like he's then pass pre- it to somebody else. But pass that's why somebody else. So okay, fine. I, I can I can go with that. Um, but like with Middleton, I feel like he would think like I'm above this. Like I played good. Everyone else played so, like they were terrible. Like I'm yeah, and I and I get that, and I'm I'm sure there are like a lot of like you know legit basketball people who will say that like oh you know it's it's like stupid to try to score with like, you know, 20 seconds left if you're down a ton or whatever. And it's just like, Hey man, that's your opinion, but I'm a fan. Okay. Like 
you know, we were telling people to go spend their $5 on crappy tickets to this game. I'm not sure we were telling people, but we were giving people the, oh, you the, know. Those ways. apples had worms in them. Those apples had worms yeah, those, in them. Oh, my God. Let's just say I'm glad that those $5 tickets netted you uh, $20 in rebates. <laughs> you deserve um, to be paid for that, yes. You deserve to be paid if you went to this Bucks game tonight. Um, but, but yeah, I, I anyway, that's just like a personal random pet peeve and you can disagree with me, but screw that. I, I don't pay to watch basketball games in order to see guys not try when they're losing. So that's all I'm going to say on that. And I love you, Chris, but just pass it to somebody else and let somebody else get a bucket. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. That that's a that's a great ending to this one. Uh this has been locked is, on box. I don't know if it is. No, it is. It is. It's an ending. But. It's appropriate and it's wonderful. Uh Bucks lose 110-98 to the Nuggets. And we might have seen the lowest point of this of this Bucks season while they trailed by 31 points in the third quarter. Um so it can only no. <laughs> I'm a Bucks fan. I know better than to say it can only go up from here because it can go down. Um, so that's it for us for tonight. This has been Locked on Bucks. That's Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.